has one former pass-catching bust reached must-start status in the FFPC Main Event Championship round? Which Eagles should be trotting out there with Gardner Minshew tossing the ball to them against Dallas? And do you trust one AFC East receiver uh, a week after his big gaffe? Plus, the 21st place team in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season, Rick Kaufman will drop by to talk about Tyler Algier versus the Ravens, whether Pat Fryermuth rebounds against the Raiders and much more. We've got a great show for you. Beryl Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Happy holidays and stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour officially starts now. Down the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, from the road of this High Stakes Lowdown, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and the Fantasy Football Players Championship. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be discussing whether Captain Kirk should be in your lineups again this week, what to expect, uh, expect from Greg Dulcich against the Rams, and more. Plus, the 21st place team in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season, Rick Kaufman, will join us to discuss whether Marquise Brown is better off on your bench this week. If Chase Claypool is going to be a smart sleeper to draft in 2023 and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so. Uh, the show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on Twitter at KFFSC Official or at KFFSC.com, Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where to reach us. You can email the show, uh, excuse me, at high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, uh, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the questions, tweets, emails, and more in the fantasy feedback segment coming on later in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob. Hey, uh, if you have not heard, there is a change to the FFPC weekly challenge for week 16 this week, because I believe we have the better part of a dozen games going off tomorrow, Saturday, Christmas Eve. We will be having the cutoff for the FFPC weekly challenge at 1 p.m. Saturday afternoon. That's tomorrow, less than 24 hours away. You want to get in late on Sunday? Ah, you're not going to be able to do it because there's only three games going on on Sunday night, one game going on, uh, three games going on on Sunday and one game going on on Monday night. Uh, so if you want to get in that, it's a great contest. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. If you want to play in the slim format without kickers and defenses, you can choose 10 players. If you want to play in the uh, classic format with defenses, you can choose 12 players. Just get them in by Saturday's kickoff this week. Only one player per NFL team. You can play in a 100-team format, a 30-team format for $35 or $200. And if you get in the 10-team format, you beat all the other nine people in your league, you will win a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for $1 million next year. Going to be a lot of fun. I shouldn't say play for $1 million. Be like $6 million in the prize pool, $1 million to first place next year. Uh, speaking of a 
uh, big prizes. We have a couple more of them in store here before we turn the page uh, on the 2023 NFL regular season. You can play for a $500,000 grand prize in the World Famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. That is open for registration right now, as well as the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, where you can win $100,000, only $35 to join that one as well. So check that out at myffpc.com. In case you missed the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown that we did about two hours or so ago uh, right on this FFPC YouTube channel, uh, watch it. You can check it out. Me and 16th place FFPC main event regular season finisher uh, Brian Jasiak joined me. We talked a lot about the stuff that we probably won't get to tonight because you know we only have a finite amount of time. It's high stakes fantasy football or not the high stakes fantasy football day. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. You can check that out, rotaviz.com slash podcast or the FFPC YouTube channel. Remember, speaking of the YouTube channel, remember to like the uh, video that you're watching. Subscribe to the channel you're watching. Comment on the video that you're watching. Uh, share the video with everybody else and then click that notification bell so you are notified every time we go live on this channel. Uh, I understand you maybe get sick of me and my face on this channel. Here's somebody you never get sick of hearing from and watching the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. One Jay Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, man. Hey, buddy. I'm trying to wake my face up. What's wrong with your face? You had a you had a you had a busy week again. Well, tomorrow night is Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know that's one thing, and this yep. has been a a bevy of activity this week, and we're freezing to death down here in Kentucky. Is stuff you would laugh at, but have you had a head injury? What is going on? What what are you? No, this oh, is this no, is that's this, a Packer. Cat. Yeah, it's my Packer it's sort of Christmas hat, Santa hat, whatever you want to call it. I actually got this at the uh, at the game last year, the Christmas Day game that I took my son to, uh, um, where the Packers narrowly were upset by Baker Mayfield's Browns. Uh, now that uh, you leaned back, I got a different view of it, and yeah, I, I can see for a while there, I thought you might be going on IR. No, no, no. Well, that's I'm sure that's coming, but much later slipped, in the season. Slipped sure. on the ice over at Rotoviz or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know it, yeah, it happens, and there's plenty of ice and snow going on out there. Uh, really across the Midwestern part of the country, Northeastern part of the country. So make sure you're taking extra care if you are traveling this holiday season too. We certainly don't want to uh, have you miss out on, on hanging out with us because we enjoy our audience. We love participating with you. We love the back and forth. We already got a few people commenting in the chat room right now. Hudson Kern-Reeve leading the way right now with a Tyler Algier question. We're going to get to that with our guest, Rick Kaufman, coming up in about 10 minutes. Before we do that, I do want to go over some of the stuff that took place last night uh, because we do have another week to prepare for after this one where the big money will be awarded. Uh, Robert Sala said after the game last night that the Jets used, and I'm going to butcher his name. Farrell, you probably know him because he's a he's an, he's an old CFL guy, right? Chris Streveler? Chris Streveler, you've got it right. Streveler. Okay. And he did play in the CFL, right? Mm -hmm. okay, oh, he did it. more than play in the CFL. And he was the same kind of quarterback up there that he is. I've got a real quick, interesting story. Please. Uh, uh, my buddy J.R. Fenton told me about Streveler because his son was on the swim team at that school. And so that he was familiar or sound, one of those Dakotas, but he was familiar with the player and he kept talking to me about the player. I mentioned the player to a CFL scout. Streveler goes to a CFL uh, workout and gets a deal. And uh, Craig Smith was a scout and he ends up in Winnipeg and he makes a team and he was a, really featured as a running back. Starting quarterback got injured and he came in for eight games. Uh, threw the ball well, ran the ball even better, rushed for damn near 800 yards and 12 touchdowns that year, uh, keeping them in position to go on and win the 2019 Grey Cup with Winnipeg. And that's what got his ticket 
uh, into the NFL. And he's been a successful journeyman, backup quarterback. And Thursday night, we saw exactly what he could do. Uh, he's He's got a serviceable arm and very good skills with his feet. But uh, there was very little that the Jets as a team could could make a run there. Well, and, and I, I bring it up because he was on the practice squad. He gets called up a few hours before a kickoff. And then he ends up going basically in one half of football, 54 rushing yards on nine carries right. um, through for 90, 90 yards. Zach Wilson was a train wreck. Once again, um, mm. I, I guess the thing that we take away from this is going forward to week 17. If you are playing in a contest that still has waivers open, like KFFSC, like some of the FFPC leagues, Zonovan Knight has gone from must start to cuttable at this point. <laughs> now, Michael Carter did catch five balls last night. And I know if you're if you're hit with injuries, I think he's best as a desperation guy. Farrell, what do you make of Garrett Wilson right now? Because Garrett Wilson carried a lot of people through different parts of the season, and now people in the championship round or the main event, the football guys, players championship, Kentucky fantasy football state championship main event, you're looking at Garrett Wilson as a guy who was locked in your starting lineup. If it's Trebler or even if it's Wilson next week against, I think they play Seattle. I, I, I don't know what you're doing with Garrett Wilson. Can you shed some light on this? Uh, if you get my quiet back, you can play him. Yeah, with Trevor, uh, you know, Chris is a change of pace guy, and he's not going to necessarily light up the ball through the air. It's a good possession receiver game, uh, supplementing the run game. Uh, yeah, he he's not a start, starting quarterback in this league right now. He came in and gave the team a little jump, and that's what it was. Uh, Mike White, you've got to, you know, we talked about it before, Bucky. The training staff has to rally for the New York Jets and get this player healthy and get him yeah. on the field. It's a full team to make this work. And, uh, yeah, that's what that's what everyone who's in business with the Jets need is Mike White to return to the lineup. Uh, we have a question right now from the YouTube chat. It is from noted KFFSC Shark <laughs> and former guest of this show, Stacy Perez, uh, she wants to know, of course, Stacy has a loaded team, as she always does. She has to bench one of these players here, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, or Jarek McKinnon. Now, Hudson has already chimed in in the chat. You can't bench McKinnon, and I'm with him. I, I think McKinnon no. is for sure locked in starting here. So it comes down to Moore, Deontay Johnson, and Devontae Smith. We'll get in um, to Gardner Minshew mania here. Uh, probably a couple of times before the show ends, but Farrell, I think that's that's the um, that's the tiebreaker for me. Don't necessarily trust Minshew to be able to uh, distribute the ball to AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Miles Sanders, and Dallas Goddard, who's expected back this week. So I think I'm going to bench Smith, go with Moore, Johnson, and McKinnon. What say you on this one? I don't think I'm going to bench Devonta Smith. Reason is. Uh... Minshew has uh, been very much prepared for this opportunity. You know, he started two games last year, and he threw for 450 yards, four touchdowns, only one pick. Oddly enough, one of those games was against Dallas last year. The other, I think, was against the Jets. He's a capable quarterback who has accepted his role as an understudy and has probably prepared for this all year. When you're a quarterback like Minshew, you understand – backing up a player like Hurts, that at any moment your opportunity could come. And it's more likely to be injury-based than skill-based. So now he gets his opportunity, and he is playing behind the premier offensive line in football. And I've watched so many quarterbacks struggling 
uh, to try to get time to throw the ball. And that's what Minshew will have. And he's accurate. Who is going to be the most accurate pass catcher in this group? Devonta Smith has a chance to take the short pass, run with it after he catches it. I don't want Devonta Smith on my bench. DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson have questionable quarterbacks as well. I think that's where my bench play comes from. Um, I, I think um, the other thing, too, uh, to keep in mind on this, and this is something that Dizzle always used to say, when you have a team, as you know, you're making a decision here um, with as much talent as you have, Stacey, chances are you're probably not going to get this right. Um, so I, I would say, like, don't sweat it. Go with your gut on this. I'm going to say bench um, Devontae Smith. I think Farrell made a pretty good case against that. And, in fact, Zach Kruger from NBC Sports Edge and Rotoviz, who was on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show with me on Wednesday, uh, download the app in the App Store or Google Play for free right now if you want to watch that. He defended Minshew for about two hours, Farrell, uh, and, and why people are, he gets a bad rap, but he thinks that he can um, still make the all these Eagles guys relevant on, yeah. uh, on, on Saturday, so tomorrow, which we, we should see. And yeah. um, Hudson's pointing this out, too, in the chat right now. Dallas secondary didn't look exactly like world beaters last week, mm-hmm. so there is something to be said. Devonte Smith. Hopefully that helps you out, Stacy. Um, I have a new nickname for Evan Engram, Farrell. Evan Engram is now known as the Thief because he is going to be stealing a ton of cash from some NFL team that is going to give him an exorbitant, egregious contract in free agency this offseason. Never seen this guy do what he's been doing this season. The last three weeks, he has been unbelievable. One of the, he's going to finish as one of the top tight ends in fantasy football this year. Anybody who drafted him in a tight end premium format uh, loves it. Last night alone, everybody sucked last night. Every, maybe not ETN. Trevor Lawrence saved himself maybe a little bit with the rushing yards. Evan Ingram, seven catches, 113 yards. He looked awesome. 26 catches for 332 touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, It's absolutely insane what he's doing right now. He's been doing it all season long. I'll tell you this right now. For drafts next year, and I get it. You got to play him down the stretch now. Um, Week 17, he's got to be in your lineup. Um, But I'm telling you this right now. He will be on zero of my teams next year. He's going to go way too high, and I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And with my bad knee, I shouldn't be throwing anybody. Evan Ingram, <laughs> congratulations on a fantastic 2022. Color me skeptical on him continuing this going forward in the next season, Farrell. Uh, where did he go in this year's draft? Mm, that is a great point. Where is I'm going to bring, uh, bring that – we're going to get the Mr. Armani when we need him. <laughs> we're going to get the mojo on this. He's here time. in August and September, and then he just goes away. <laughs> and we need him. And and you've made a statement. He's been doing this all year. Balky, he has not. Uh, well, I mean, everybody has ebbs and flows, but you look at the tight end. No, position. he's he has more ebbs. He's, more ebbs than flows. He is. He's seriously into ebbing. Uh, there's there's four games this year with just one catch. And in some of those games, that's all he was targeted was one or two times. It was week eight before he found the end zone. Um, I've never been a big fan of this player. He's having a little bit of a run um, right now, and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that they're moving safeties to try to uh, contend Kirk and leaving the field open. He runs a skinny post pretty good for a tight end. You know why he's really good at that? Because he never blocks anybody. So he's uh-huh. he's – you know, if, if you're making fantasy points with this player, if you made it to a point where you're playing meaningful games at this time, it's a happy accident. You probably got there with a Zach Ertz who's no longer available to you. Uh, perhaps you had Andrews, who is mm-hmm. who has stepped back in his performance. Uh, 
Evan Ingram, yes, he's put together a short resume of four games, and it has been impressive. It's not as impressive as, say, what you might have from Johnson at New Orleans. Uh, Dulcich has the opportunity to uh, really have a ceiling game where where Ingram uh, particularly does not. You know, last last night you were playing against a, a Jets team that didn't have a lot going for it, but they still have their shutdown corners. They're very, very good. That's why we saw what we saw in the middle of the field. Not to continue beating up the fact on Evan Ingram, but yes, he's having his best year. He'll probably end up with 70-plus catches. He might have already caught more balls this year than he ever has in the NFL. But he is a – those are numbers that you can't live with during the regular season because uh, this is a happy – yeah, this is a happy accident that he's being successful right now. Uh, Shout-out to Bob Ross for the happy accident. Um, I am mm. looking right now trying to find his uh his um career stats so right now 68 catches on the season 723 yards um the most catches he ever had uh in his career before this was his rookie year mm-hmm. in 2017 when he had 64 and 722 he, he had six touchdowns that year so he's already broken his record for most career catch uh most mm-hmm. catches in a year and most yardage in a year and he's still got another two games to go with Jacksonville. Yeah, and, and, and I'm all for him. He's never impressed me as a particularly try-hard kind of guy. And I'm not watching Jacksonville every week, and I'm not watching every play. And he may have found a culture and environment and a coach that he can live with. But I, I just uh, know if he goes high next year, uh, th- those numbers as it compares to some of the tight ends that are that you expect to make those numbers. It's not the same kind of contribution. Um, Evan Engram, by the way, according to the Fantasy Mojo, fantasymojo.com, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, Darren Armani providing this data. Uh, he went off as the 20th tight end off the board at the 1303 on average in FFPC main And event. so, yeah, so those guys that have him, there's been not necessarily any reason to cut him and you've waited around for this, you still would have had to guess that he would have had the good for, you know, we're on a four game run. So you would have had to, you would have had to got hot for the first game. Maybe you've had two or three good games in a row with it, which is more than I would have thought you would have got out of it. it, it yeah. And the other thing too, is like, keep in mind that, that, um, um, the, the tight end position has been awful this year. You know, so and you mentioned those those games that were clunkers. I, I think outside of Travis Kelsey, hasn't everybody had games like that too? Um, and and then now next year you're going to be paying a premium for it. I just that's that's the part I I struggle with. Is mm. I'm fine with him in the 13th. Now he goes in the 13th round again. I'm all over him. He's gonna be going in the single digits round, uh, single digit rounds, and that's my problem. And he's a free agent too, so we don't exactly. I mean, he could stay in Jacksonville. He could end up elsewhere. And if he ends up elsewhere, then you got to consider new coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new, you know, new everything. And then then where are you at uh, on Evan Engram? That That's the part that gets confusing to me. Um, Brandon Cooks is questionable for the game against Tennessee tomorrow, according to Aaron Wilson on Twitter. Now, he's been battling a calf injury. Wilson says he is set to play. He has not played in almost a month and has not gotten 75 yards since week one. He has gotten into the end zone. One more time than you and I have, Farrell. One touchdown <laughs> this season. Now, Nico Collins officially shelved on injured reserve, so he is not playing this week. He's not playing the rest of the year. The the the, the problem for me is well, there's several problems with this. I understand that that 
you know, again, rosters are locked. It's desperation. Okay, you can put him in as, as, as a flex. But with me, man, Tennessee Titans defense is is continues to outplay how good they actually are, in my opinion. The Brandon Cooks aspect of, of this situation has always – like, what do we always say about him? He's quarterback-proof. He's offense-proof. Well, this year he's been awful. And now he's been off for three weeks, and he's going to come in, and all of a sudden he's going to turn it around against pretty good defense. I don't see that happening. A healthy Brandon Cooks still is not making it into my lineups this week, Farrell. Um, no. Uh, Miss Perez continues in the chat room, and she's correct. Uh, I've tried to think about what scenarios would create me to consider playing Brandon Cooks because if I'm if I'm in meaningful games, chances are I got better receivers than Brandon Cooks to begin with, and I certainly didn't rely on him to get me here. Although Balky, he was a favorite of ours. Six round Balky early yeah. in the year, he was yeah. a favorite of ours as yeah. we were going. So you know, and it, it is it is weather related. Uh, for instance, I have one lineup: good friend Trevor Holt, uh, and I have an FFPC team in the main event doing well, and so we have to make a decision. Uh, about the Cleveland game where the weather is supposed to be brutal. And we have Peoples-Jones and uh, Sinead, is it? Sinead at New Orleans. And and while in perfect conditions, I'd love to play those players. Would I play Brandon Cooks over those guys if I had him? I don't know. So I think that's how Brandon Cooks makes it into lineups this week. And I think if he does, he gives, he gives an opportunity to do some things. Uh, although I sure hope you can find a better player. Yeah, me too. That's the best possible – uh, advice we can give you on Brandon Cooks this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of best possible advice, let's bring in our guest tonight. Uh, he has been playing fantasy football for darn near 30 years, maybe a little over uh, 30 years now. He's still running the, the very same league, Farrell, that he started playing in back in 1992. Still running that same league. Wow. Same guys, I wonder. Well, I would assume that most of them. We'll ask him when he comes on. Yeah. But his cousin, John, actually introduced him to the FFPC back in 2018. He's been playing uh a few leagues there um and 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 shared a team with john and the football guys players championship now uh after winning his first league there uh his first um uh, entry there with the fpc he's gotten his own teams and he's increased the number of teams that he's had in fact i think he's winning about a third of all the leagues he's joined so far this year was his first foray into the ffpc main event won his league congratulations uh like me Grew up in Wisconsin. He's a huge Packers fan, which is awesome. Uh, he's lived in the Chicago area for the last 30-plus years. We want to welcome him in right now. Please welcome the 21st-place team owner in the 2022 Football Guys regular season. It is the incomparable Rick Kaufman. Rick, thank you so much for hopping aboard. Happy holidays, man. Hey, happy holidays to you guys. Rick um, so I'm, wear- I'm wearing my Packer stocking hat in honor of the holidays and in honor of having a fellow Packers fan on the show tonight. Uh, what part of Wisconsin did you grow up in? Um, I, well, I'm actually at my mom's house right now in Oshkosh. Ah, um, you, you are literally like 25 minutes down 41 from me right now. I'm up in Appleton. That's fantastic. Yep. This is bringing people together, Farrell. I love it. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love it, too. Do you have a, a in-studio audience there, Rick, in Oshkosh? Do you have somebody sitting uh, there? Yeah, my, my daughters are helping me with the technical stuff. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. How many girls do you have? I have uh, two daughters with me and uh, my wife. My mom's in the background, and uh, my brother Hi, and son are there. Uh, they can't hey, hear you right you? now, but they're uh, – they're out, they're out there laughing at me. <laughs> I have no direct access to FFPC materials and and knowledge of things. I do have some 
clandestine back channel skills from other career that I previously had. But even when that doesn't work, I just, if I have a question, I call Chris Lambert and ask her. And I've been putting together some numbers on you. You're winning at about a 30% rate. And in an expected outcome of one out of 12, I will say congratulations to you. And if, if your girls are not gifted in math like I am, <laughs> I, I will tell them that your father is a savant to fantasy football and we'll continue to use it to uh, buy you uh, Christmas presents and other great things. Now, but now, who was who was it that turned you on to the FFPC? Uh, my cousin John Mears. Um, actually, he's right up there in. Well, he's now in Green Bay. Mm. Um, but um, I believe uh, Eric. He said that he's friends with you um, on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. And I know that you guys uh, interviewed him about three years ago. Um, when he was having a, he was having a good season and, um, yeah, he brought me in, um, my brother, um, also plays as well. And, uh, he plays with FFPC and he's got a couple, a uh, couple leagues. He didn't do as well as uh, I have done this year. So I, I'm holding that over his head. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, we're, uh, and, and he's not, he's not on the Christmas Eve, Eve show. <laughs> and, and so here's, There's a couple things. First of all, I have two goals uh, for the upcoming year, 2023. Uh, And I don't think it's too early to talk about that. The first is I would like to approach a 30% win rate in the FFPC. That would be one of my goals. My second goal is to, uh, like yourself or like your cousin John, get Balky to friend me on Facebook. And then (laughs) I'm going to get on to Rotoviz, you know. And so they're trying to – I, they're telling me I got to come up with some real content to get on the road. With this. But we started the FFPC in 2010. Uh, Cousin John didn't step into referrals of 2018. Our first show is going to be Rick Kaufman, the missing years. That's what we're talking about. But during, you know, during those missing years, you obviously learned how to play this hobby and are very good at it. Do you surprise yourself with this? with this element of success that you've had. And I, I wish you to c- keep it up. Congratulations. Uh, well, thanks. Um, you know, I, I love football. I love uh, NFL football. I'm a big, big, big fan. So I've been, um, yeah, I was at the Packer game Monday night, took my daughter to the mm-hmm. game Monday night. And um, it's, uh, I follow it. My, my, uh, my family makes fun of me for being in so many leagues. Um, you know, this year it was nine leagues. Um, and other than my own league that I run, um, which doesn't really have playoffs because we just do total points, and it's a really unique point system that we've kept in place since 1992. But other than that league, which I'm not doing well in, I've made the playoffs in the eight other leagues. Four of them were FFPCs, one main event. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's come down to preparation, quite honestly. Yes, um, I have a, a couple things. Um, I don't like to do early drafts. Um, I, I kind of wait and sit back and – uh, get my feel. I really start paying attention. I, I love the draft, so I love watching the draft and finding out what and doing a little scouting and while the draft's going on. Um, I enjoy that aspect. And then about mid-July is when I start really, you know, you know preparing and looking at the football uh, teams, you know, what's going on because training camps are starting then it gets my juices going. Um, about the beginning of August, I start doing some best balls. Um, and then um, as I see what's coming down the pipe with best balls, um, and, and where, you know, where players are going off the board, what, you know, what the so-called experts are doing. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, a shout out, uh, I know, um, 
uh, you know, Joe Bryant and, and Sigmund and those guys. I, you I know read, those guys? Well, I don't know them, but I read up. I read no, up no, and I get their subscription. Um, it, it's free, so that's why. Well, so, I, I tell you what, those it. are great guys. But I mean, you had me, Bonky. Uh, Rick, Rick had me. At, I love football. That tells me all I have to know. As soon as he said that, I love football. That explains everything to yep. me because I think that's the key thing to what you have to have. Yeah, you're yeah. among you're among friends here with with that, Rick, for sure. Yep, yep. So it's uh, that's kind of you know where I go to, and I start. Um, like I said, about the middle of August is when I'll start looking to set up my drafts. Yeah, well, we got uh, we got new plans for you coming up for twenty four. We're gonna upset that schedule. Well, listen, when you when you win the five hundred thousand dollars this year, Rick, I, that that you're gonna be able to afford to draft earlier than maybe you're comfortable. Uh, yeah. But it's gonna make you it's gonna make it easier for you re, for you to repeat twenty twenty three for sure. Um, all right, so so let me ask you this: a little baptism by fire here. Our resident Ivy League professor Hudson Kern Reeve is in the in the YouTube chat right now. He wants to know if we expect Christian Watson to return to form this week. And and I'll tell you this: as far as when I look at this Dolphins Packers game on Christmas Day, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. The total on this has like gone up by four or five points throughout the yeah. week. So apparently the the over money is coming in right now. Um, Buffalo was really successful throwing the ball to their running backs and tight ends. Josh Allen was this past week. And I'd like to think that the Packers can replicate that, maybe not with the tight end, but with the running backs for sure, with Aaron Jones and Dylan. So I almost think not only is the idea to keep Tunga Bailoa Hill and Waddle off the field, but you want to control the clock and, and have your best players out there carrying the rock. And that's Aaron. It starts with Aaron Jones. And it also starts, or it's going to continue with A.J. Dillon. Now, I, I'm not going to make, you know, say that Watson is not going to be part of the game plan, but I, I would think that um, maybe he gets in the end zone, maybe he doesn't. I'm more bullish on Jones and Dillon once again this week than I am Watson. So I'm a little bit nervous about starting Christian Watson this week. Rick, what do you think? Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think um, you know, if Lefevre would, 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 if he, uh, Jones is the guy I kind of set my uh, draft strategy around. Um, and in the FFPC, I have him on three of my teams. Um, you, when they use him and they use him properly, the Green Bay Packers win games. Problem is, is they don't use them, uh, use them that way. Um, and then you get Aaron Rodgers trying to go off and, you know, be the stat quarterback that he is. And, um, you know, he, you know, he wants to do his own way, his own thing. Um, I think you need to pound. I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, you need to have those running backs involved in the game, whether it's running or short passes, to the running backs uh, to keep the high-powered Miami offense off off the field, and I got Tyreek Hill in a league, and I you know I actually have him in two leagues, so I need him to perform. But, I think you will. Um, but the, I, I I little leery of the the wide receivers for Green Bay, um, but I do like both Dylan. I have him in one league. I have Aaron Jones in four leagues. So uh, I'm hoping hoping that they do something right for a change because this year has been a lot of bad decisions by the Packer coaching staff. Yeah, a lot of bad decisions by a lot of people involved in, in Green I, Bay for I, sure. Um, I am not uh, personally offended that in the chat room, uh, Hudson Kern Reeve uh, he he didn't address he, you in the question. Yeah, he, he he addressed the two Green Bay experts. I obviously know nothing about Green Bay football, so you know he didn't he didn't even mention me. So so I will I will come to something a little closer to home in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll go down to Nashville and talk about where all the receivers are very, very exciting. You know, you said you love football. That makes me be a big Rick fan. But I got to tell you, somebody that will, who's on your roster that will uh, test 
your love of football is one Mr. Traylon Burks. Now I have, uh, I didn't roster him much this year and I, and I'm, I'm curious if you moved him on and off your roster from times, but you know, uh, these are August and September dreams that aren't coming true. And do you ever get tempted? Do you ever look at Burke sitting there? And, you know, to, to me, this has been a nightmare year for this player, and he has a future in this league, and he's going to be good. And as Balky and I were talking about Ingram, I think Burks is a guy you get in business with next year, and it looks completely different. But his 25 catches, you know, there's it's unremarkable, and he's – you know, but people talk about those 25 catches like he's a Christian Watson or something like that. Your thoughts on Burks? Is he just uh, your 19th player that we're never going to see on your roster? Or do you actually consider getting this guy in a game? Um, well, I do have him rostered in one of my leagues, but, uh, you know, I, I can't trust him right now. I mean, quarterback change, it's um, to, to Willis. He's, you know, I mean, I, I'm leery of that. Um, and quite honestly, it just comes down to who else I have to play, and I've got yes, better sir. options to play. So, and the band is playing his last few songs. If yeah. you're not going to dance with him, we're pretty soon. You know? Right. I mean, I do like him. I think I think he is, you know, their stud receiver going forward, and um, he'll be high on my board next year. Um, but I mean, right now, I, I can't play him based on who else is on that that particular team. He, he's a great he's a great mismatch receiver that that plays with burst, and you know. It's just gonna. It's a lost year. Sometimes with rookies, that's what happens. Well, he's a he's a mini me of AJ Brown. I mean, and that's yeah. you know that's they let the AJ Brown go. I don't think I would have ever done that, but they let him go. They traded and, and, and they got mini me, and he just needs time to develop. Yeah, and and the other thing too is, and and people forget he missed time with a concussion. Obviously, this year, any missed reps, any missed game time, that always hurts. Lost his um, inhaler. He lost. Yeah, in in preseason, right? Like he was having lost a, the general meeting. manager his job. In yeah. first place, Farrell, what happened with John Robinson? How do you how do you have your team in first place and you get fired? Well. Was there stuff <laughs> going on that we don't know about? I have to be diplomatic here. It's very, okay. much, it's very difficult to do that on three shots of bourbon and half a bottle of coffee. <laughs> but I will tell you that, uh, so, that, that there's a history of decisions there that, uh, you know, you just stack them one on top of each other and then it falls down. That's Got it. Kind of okay. Yeah, I, I, was, um, I was surprised on that as well. Like, I can't believe you let a winning, winning man, a GM go. Yeah, it was it was surprising to me. I'll tell you what else. Um, you know, I was talking with Brian Jasiak on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown right before this tonight, and we were talking about Pat Fryermuth because he, like you, a really successful regular season in the main event this year, Rick. He um, and his brother didn't take a tight end until the eighth round. They get Fryermuth, and it's pretty much worked out for them most of the year. Obviously, not every single week with Fryermuth. And he really killed owners last week. Didn't even get a target. Um, but now, as we look at his matchup against the Raiders this week, how <laughs> confident would you feel, how confident should FFPC players feel about rolling him back out there this week uh, against Las Vegas, even though he never saw the ball last week? Well, I think you're getting Pickett back, and Pickett likes him. Um, where, if you notice the last two weeks, Deontay Johnson was on fire. Well, because, you know, they, he, was, he was getting the targets. Um, underneath Pickett, he wasn't getting really all the targets. So there's a decision you got to make is where's Fairmuth going to be? I mean, who who else do you have on, on a roster? For me, I've got a better tight end that I'm going to be playing. And for me, the question comes down to is, you know, do I want to put somebody like uh, Algiers uh, in my flex spot 
or do I want Fairmuth to be in my flex spot? You know, right now I got Algiers there, and if um, you know, I like the idea of him running. Um, Baltimore's got some guys out. Um, I think it's going to be a running game. That's what Atlanta's doing. Uh, where they got the new quarterback in there, so they're even running more. I think. I think you know. Once again, <laughs> I, I got till tomorrow at noon, but um, I, I think that's the way I'm leaning. Um, but uh, with Pickett in there, I think Fairmuth's to play, um, and I might be a little leery of Johnson though as a receiver. I have to start him in two leagues, but I'm I'm leery of that just because of the quarterback change. That's yeah. That make that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I was right about Burks. Balky and Balky and Dave Turp were not. I was nope. right about Burks. So <laughs> let me go to one that that I was wrong about, and he flashes, and it's not his fault uh, with what's going on in Denver this year. But Cortland Sutton. You know, we started the show talking about a tight end that's caught fire and it is, is at, is, has had a few good weeks. And I suppose what we're looking for here in the next two weeks is the potentiality of some of these receivers who might be the third receiver to actually catch fire, kind of like Zay Jones did last week. So let me ask you this. Cortland Sutton, is there any way that this season of one touchdown and maybe 60 catches – can be saved, or should Cortland Sutton remain buried on fantasy players' benches? Uh, well, I mean, if, he, if he's actually playing on Sunday, and you got to wait till Sunday to, to know that. I mean, they're saying yeah. it's a good bet, but and and Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I'm getting, I've got Hurst in one of my leagues, FFPC leagues. My backup is Russell Wilson, so I've got to play Wilson this week because obviously Hurst is out. Um, and if I had Sutton, I'd be putting him in there. Um, I, in the original, um, you know, before the season started, I targeted players I didn't want on my team. Um, and uh, Denver players, with the exception of the running back, Williams, was uh, I, I stayed away from them. I did not think a lot of Russell Wilson um, and the changeover. Um, and I, I stayed away from the receivers. Uh, and I was right. I mean, that's kind of kind of I had the opportunity. I had an opportunity to take something in almost every league and I didn't do it. Um, I was a little bit more bullish on Judy, but I, I stayed away from him. Um, but at this point, Sutton's coming back, and Russell's been playing better before his concussion. Um, they're playing a Rams team that's beat up. And I think if you can fit him in, um, and once again, it depends on what your options are, but I, I think Sutton's a good play if he's playing uh, for this week. So let me ask you this, uh, Rick. You mentioned that you were down on Denver players this year. The majority of fantasy players were not. Uh, in fact, I didn't mind getting Russell Wilson where I got him in drafts. I was targeting Cortland Sutton, not so much Judy or, or Okawepa. Now, I just didn't get Javante Williams because I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to get him in drafts because he went so high. Can you tell us a little bit more besides, you know, the fact that they changed their, or maybe it was just the fact, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coming to Denver. Was that the reason? Just too much change there, and you didn't, you didn't trust it. Um, I, I, I'm. You know, Wisconsin boy, and I love Russell Wilson. He was at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and he he played great in Seattle. But you know, the last couple of years in Seattle wasn't that good. Uh, Pete Carroll's not a dumb coach; he's very smart. And when you kind of look at it, and, and you kind of hear in between the lines what was going on out there, uh, you maybe thought that that Russell was losing a little bit, and uh, and even proved out in Denver. The rumors were that. You know, he didn't want to run with the ball. Well, what made Russell Wilson great was 
um, when he'd run with the ball. Um, you know, he'd run with the ball and open up a lot more things. He had one of the best accurate arms on the run with throwing, um, and he wasn't doing that in Denver. Um, I thought it was – I was actually hoping the Packers were going to trade Aaron Rodgers in Denver, yeah. and we could have, you know, broken the bank and had all these draft picks. But um, I don't know. It was. I guess it was a gut feeling more of why I stayed away. You know, um, I stayed away from Harris, the running back from Pittsburgh, uh, and a bunch of the play, uh, Pittsburgh players. Um, I love Tomlin as a coach, but there was just so many unknowns. Um, I tried to, um, in, during the draft, as depending on where I was drafting, um, like I said, I had my block of guys that I decided, you know, these guys I don't want on my team uh, no matter what, and, and I, for the most part, held them. I did end up with Russell Wilson as a backup, um, but I drafted him. I mean, I, I think I got him in, like, the, the, the 12th round or something like that, and he was the backup to Hurts. So, um Sometimes it comes down to your gut. I mean, if, if you're paying attention and you're watching, you're watching the year before, um, you know, I mean, Denver stuck with this guy for five more years. I mean, I don't know how you get out of that contract. Um, so they've got a lot to do. Now, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson's done, but um, you have to watch how he plays. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he's not – he's the reason. I don't think it's Hackett. I don't think it's the receivers. His receivers, are, they've been hurt. But, um, you know, he's – He's got to step up and play better. Now, I do think he's capable of it, but I didn't want anything to, to do it do with it going into the season. You know, I see a lot of drafts. It's, it's you see a here at the KFFSC. I'm, I'm involved with a lot of draft boards, a lot of a lot of attention, and I notice that drafters sometimes they'll have a group of players that they want, and then all those guys will slip away from them, and so then they'll take a guy that they really are not very high on. But that, I think. That, that, and they'll tell you after the draft, I didn't really like him, but he was the best value there. And I think he's not really a value if you don't like it. Do you ever go into a draft with a list of players that says, you know, no way. These, not, I don't care. They're not going to be on my roster. I'm, I'm not putting this player on my roster. You ever go into drafts like that? Well, this commentary, you know, he has some value at some draft number. No, he doesn't if you don't believe in it. If you don't like him. If you don't want to play him, if you're never going to play him, he has no value. To well, for instance, Harris, the running back at Pittsburgh, I um, I did not want him on my team. I, I just didn't feel good about him. Um, and now, if he was there in the fourth round, yeah, you know, fifth round, maybe. Um, but, I mean, there was no way I was taking him in, in with any pick that I had in the first two rounds. But now again, guys were thinking like I was, and they said, oh, I'm not having Josh Jacobs at all. He can't do anything. And, and, you know, they couldn't read the stat line from last year, but that's a whole other. Well, right. And, and actually, yeah, Jacobs can't do anything, and he just falls and falls and falls, and mm-hmm. then you pick him. Yeah. Well, and I was actually probably picking him higher. He was uh, actually my one player. Um, I have him on four leagues, three, uh, you know, uh, uh, four of them, two in the FFPC and two in my other teams. And quite honestly, he's, he's made, you know, my teams. I was the number, number one seed in the two, two other uh, playoffs that I'm in. Um, and, you know, based on him, he said a great year. He was coming into a contract year. You know, you add an element of, um, you know, of, of Devontae Adams to that team. Uh, they upgraded their offensive line. Um, it, I was a little bit nervous when they were playing him in that first preseason game. Not going to lie. But I had him. I had Aaron Jones high on my list in terms of somebody I wanted on my team. Um, I wanted guys uh, for running backs, when we, you know, that could catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, we did, I, I probably did get a little bit lucky with Jacobs. Um, but I was drafting him, um, 
probably around higher than what he was going in more, most drafts because I wanted him on the team, on the, on the ones I could get him. So from that aspect, um, that's where I was. I got Aaron Jones. I got him uh, on three of my FFPC teams. Um, and, and anywhere from that 20th, uh, I think one of them, I had like the 18th pick or something like that. So I got him anywhere from the second, late second round to the middle of the third round where he was still available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. you know, and, I, you know, and, and there's a lot of guys that have a lot of fire with them. You know, Pitts was a player like that for me. Uh, I wasn't going to draft him. And, you know, you had to pay a high draft spot for him. And I, I very much like the player and like his skill set, but I, if you think about how they won uh, last night, Jacksonville versus the Jets, is the quarterback was forced to use his feet. He, you know, he doesn't do it every week, but he did it last night, and that's how I thought Mariota would win when he did win at Atlanta. And uh, I didn't foresee the the season being as bad as it was for Pitts. But my point is that sometimes you just look at what a team's got to yeah. do to win, and it doesn't necessarily include your fantasy player's best skill set. So it, it, it his, his potentiality to be a superstar somewhere else, uh, he's not somewhere else. He's where he is. Well, it's based on the system. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. I mean, you have to, you have to pay attention to that when you draft. Um, I, for the same reason, I, I, I got one share of pits and nine, nine leagues, one share of pits. And I mean, he, he, you know, I dropped him here a couple weeks ago when he got hurt. But- okay. So here's a new, here's a new law, Rick, for the Denver, for the Denver listeners. Rookie coach, rookie general manager, new quarterback. Let's go somewhere else. You know, <laughs> but it, it, it seems simple, right? But, I mean, this is something – this isn't new this year. I mean, I we've had – how many guests have we had on, Farrell, that, that told us in, in, in the drafting season? <laughs> you know, you're talking about a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new offense, new head coach, and they stay away from him. A lot of successful players have mm-hmm. stayed away from him, right? Um, be, because that that change begets unknown. And sometimes the unknown is very, very good, and sometimes it can be very, very bad, like it has been in Denver this year uh, as well. I got to ask you, Rick, uh, uh, about Marquise Brown. Now, the latest we have on him is that he's questionable for this game against Tampa Bay. Um, I always get nervous on the midweek downgrade on the injury report. Full practice he got in on Tuesday. Then all of a sudden he was limited with a groin issue um, uh, yesterday. He was limited again today. It sounds like it was just you know maintenance. They don't want to overexert him. But now he's going to have Trace McSorley throwing to him this week. You already have a target hog in DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field. Is Marquise Brown, are you breaking ties against him? Should he be on fantasy benches this week unless you absolutely have to have a receiver? Um, I'm playing him in two leagues, um, and I'm looking at the game script. Um, you know, expecting Tampa's going to get out, going to get a lead. Um, and, uh, and, and it's going to really force Arizona's hand. I don't see them being able to keep up with them. Um, you saw the, 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 you know, the point spread, you know, at seven, um, for Tampa Bay, you know, if Tampa plays like they're capable of, and it's a national, you know, it's a national game in terms of, uh, um, you know, night game. So Brady's going to want to shine. Um, once again, game scripts is good. It leads me to believe that Arizona's going to have to throw. And um, you know Hopkins is gonna you know is gonna get his share, um, but it, but I think I think Marquise Brown. Uh, I guess I'm playing him in two leagues. Um, I have him in another league that I'm not playing him, but that's because I have once again better options. Right. Um, but I, you know, I um, I definitely think he's in play. Um, you mentioned players you got right about earlier in in avoiding Denver. Was was right? Was correct? 
Were there any other players that you avoided, uh, like the plague, and were right about, or players that you got on a bunch of teams this year, Rick, that, that you're really happy about because they've been coming through for you? Um, well, Jacob's the number one in right. terms yep. of who who I had, uh, you know, who I had circled, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, I, I listen a lot to Sirius as I'm driving around for work and stuff like that. So I, I, I the Fantasy Channel um, and all the different pundits on there. Uh, and you get what everybody is saying, you know, and everybody was talking about, especially, you know, the high, high stakes, um, you know, leagues where, you know, draft quarterbacks, don't draft the quarterback right away. Don't draft the quarterback. Um, I actually had the exact, exact opposite philosophy. Mm. I, I tried to get um, Mahomes uh, uh, and, and my fallback uh, from Mahomes was Burroughs. Um, I, I, I didn't reach for Allen. I had him in one of my leagues, but it's my dynasty league. So I've had him for a while. Um, but my two big things is, um, I wanted to have a top quarterback, and when I'm saying a top quarterback, I wanted what, what I considered a top five quarterback, um, and I ended up with uh, Mahomes in three leagues. I got Burroughs in two leagues. Um, I had Hurts in a league. Uh, and, um, it's a good uh, mix. Right. So um, I went with that. And then the second thing I did, especially with the FFPC, is I wanted to, I wanted to have a top five tight end. And in some cases, I said if I can get a top, two top seven tight ends, so I went heavy and early on the quarterbacks when I could and the tight ends. Um, so Goddard, I got Goddard in, in uh, three leagues. Now he was hurt for a little bit, but he really performed early on. Um, you know, and everybody right now is saying, well, Andrews is still the number two, you know, tight end. I mean, hearing that all day, you know, for all week, he's still the number two, number two. But, you know, Goddard was right there before he got hurt. Yeah. And he's coming back tomorrow. Now, I don't know, you know, obviously with Minshew and stuff like that, um, it remains to be seen, but I, I put him in every lineup except for one um, that I have that I have him in. Um, so I liked Goddard, um, uh, Mahomes. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback out there by far in terms of uh, you know uh, passing. And you know, uh, next year, I mean, now uh, if I go back and say what I did is I, I put emphasis on quarterbacks early. And I'm, saw, you know, and I'm talking fourth and fifth round where a lot of the guys were going, you know, don't draft until the fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh round. And everybody was talking about the quality of quarterback is deep. You know, well, it's not. It wasn't. This year proved it, it out. It wasn't. Right. right? And, and, as, and as we know, unless you hit on the right running back, you know, this, this year it's been pretty much all about receivers. So you, need to ha- you needed to have a good combination of receivers. But I thought there were plenty of them out there. So um, I don't know if that answered your question exactly, but that's kind of how I, I did it. I've got a question. I get to <clears throat> when I can speak, I get to ask this question of all the guests, and we throw it around a lot of names, so you don't get to use any of those names that you throw around. <laughs> and we had a guy last week, sweetheart of a guy, try to sneak in Donovan Peoples Jones as a sleeper, and that was disallowed. So this is a very <laughs> important question. This is a guy that I want to know. I want to know a bust, and we've talked about several. But more importantly, I want to know who that sleeper is. You see who you're holding back in your hip pocket, that guy that you're going to play. It, uh, you know, Trevor Holt, a good friend, asked a question here about quarterback, and, and maybe Balky will have time to approach that with you afterwards. But we need a we 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 want to know who's not going to work this weekend, and then please a sleeper if you will. Uh, okay, if. Uh... I'm staying away from the Cleveland game uh, in terms of receivers. So Cooper, I would say, I've got him. I've got him on my bench. 
Um, and that's strictly, to be honest with you, <laughs> weather-related. Um, the only thing I'm looking at in that game is the two running backs. And I got, I got Peoples-Jones, too. So um, he And I, I'm playing in one league because I have to, but I've got him on the bench as well. So I would say those guys, um, in terms of who I'm staying away from, uh, in terms of uh, guys that I'm very interested in, um, I like the running back, uh, and I keep messing up his name, Pacheco. Uh, from yeah, from Kansas City, I think any Kansas City player is in play this week. Yeah, um, I think we're going to disallow that Pacheco as a sleeper. We're disallowing right, right. Well, okay, but I, I would say uh, a real sleeper that in that in that same game. I'm looking at Marquise Goodwin from from oh, Seattle. Okay. Once now again, there's a sleeper. By yeah, now. once again, game script is going to lead that they're going to have to chuck the ball around. Metcalf's the primary receiver, but um, I think Goodwin's going to have a good have a good game. Um, See, he had that good one in his hip pocket. He didn't want to give it to. And I know, I, I got know. it. We, we I got, got it out, got out of him. his back pocket. Farrell, you he missed your it. your uh, calling as a police interrogator. Uh, I, <laughs> I I really think you did. A um, couple of quick follow ups to that. You mentioned the weather for the Cleveland New Orleans game, Rick. Is there any love for Taysom Hill as a tight end in like a football guys league where he's getting a point and a half per catch? Um, or are you still staying away from Hill? Because I would think he'd be more involved in the game plan this week with that type of weather. Well, well, right, and actually, I have him in two FFPC leagues. I'm playing. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I played him last week. The one thing I the problem with that is, you know, he's getting one and a half per catch, but he's not catching the ball. Not catching the ball. You're right. You know, yeah. he's he's running the ball, and I I do think he, he is in play. It comes down to once again, who do you have in that flex position? You know, I got better tight end, so he's not going to be. I'm not having him in my tight end position, and it comes down to you know who, who do I have for my my two flexes. Um, and I think this week I've decided on, on, on somebody else, but I do think he's got the potential to have, you know, one of those, uh, you know, one, two touch, two touchdown run games, because I do think a lot of stuff's going to be done on the ground there in that game because of the weather. What about, and Stacy Prez chiming in too, if it's a Taysom Hill game, how does that affect Alvin Kamara? Uh, hmm. because if you're, if you're, if, if you're kind of like forgetting about the receivers in that game, I mean, New Orleans, Olave is not playing in that game. So New Orleans are right. really up a creek without a paddle. Stacey, what, what Stacy about- wants you to give her Monday's newspaper today. <laughs> That's what she wants to do. That says she wants the whole write up on the game. Rick, well, is, is Kamara we'll in for a big game? Uh, I think so. I'm hoping so. I, I, I'm playing him in the two leagues I have him in. So um, I've always been a big Kamara fan. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm not sure about the coaching down there and why they've, uh, Taking their best player out of the out of so many games, but um, I would expect. I mean, if he doesn't have twenty five touches tomorrow, then I, I wouldn't. That coach shouldn't even be, you know, uh, on the field because he should have twenty five touches. Um, Chubb should have twenty five touches. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that's what these guys should be doing. And I, I for as good as Chubb is, I, I think they're still misusing him. I mean, I'd be giving him more touches, um, just like in Green Bay, Aaron Jones. So those, actually, those are the three guys: yeah. Chubb, Jones, and Kamara. I'm baffled by how the coaches are using him. And Chubb's got a lot of yards. I mean, he's, he's, he's not leading the league. He's had some big games. But yet, they, the coaching staff just disappears him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so yeah I, I do think Kamara should, by game script, have at least 25 touches and should have a big game. Um, so I, I would definitely play him. I, I think he's you know a top-five running back play. I think Chubb's a top-five top running back play tomorrow as well. So, yeah. Um, KFFSC legend, Farrell uh, mentioned this before, KFFSC legend Trevor Holt in the chat right now. 
he well, he's asking about Kirk Cousins. He said, how many quarterbacks would you play over Cousins this week? So now just to kind of answer this question myself, and I want you guys to weigh in on this. Obviously, the 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 big ones, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields. Um, uh, I, I'm playing all those guys uh, over him. Um, Herbert, I'm playing uh, over Cousins this week. It gets a little bit more interesting when you talk about Joe Burrow going to New England, pretty good defense, and then to a tongue of Iloa this week. I, I mean, Rick, you know the Green Bay secondary, whether it's Joe Barry's fault or whoever's fault it is, they gave up a little big plays. And I think yeah. that could be uh, the case again this week too. So I like, I think it's closer with Burrow and tongue of Iloa. I think I'd go tongue of Iloa over Cousins, but man, I'm playing Cousins over Prescott. I'm playing him over Geno Smith. Um, you know, uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, all those guys. How do you feel uh, about Kirk Cousins this week? Um, I'm, I'm starting Burroughs. Uh, I'm starting Tua over him. I kind of agree 100% with you. I think, um, you know, after Tua, maybe is where the line is. I mean, Kirk Cousins is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, in the same game. In, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look at the first half last week. Right. You know, and, and, I, and I love Justin Jefferson. Um, but I mean, I mean, there are times where Kirk Cousins, I mean, he can't hit, uh, you know, a barn with a cow if he's throwing a cow at him. Yeah, you know, Rick, he, I don't, I don't know if you can see this or not, but Hudson Curtin Reeve has uh, chimed in on uh, the message board here. We need a precise operational definition of a sleeper, and, and since he is in uh, academia, uh, we'll respond to this in terms that he can understand. Uh, we're going to refer that to a committee. We, we will. We absolutely will. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if we can get the Maybe we'll get the dictionary definition on uh, before the end of the broadcast tonight. But quite frankly, Rick, we have kept you on so long. You have been very gracious with your time on a holiday weekend. Congratulations on all the success you've already had in previous years. Good luck the rest of the way. You obviously set up your teams uh, for some big-time paydays uh, this year. I want to uh, wish you all the best. Stay warm. In Oshkosh. By the way, guys, I forgot I'm wearing my alma mater, uh, <laughs> University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, Hail Titans, wearing that tonight. I'm just my- up the road from where Rick is uh, right now. So, uh, I, I listen, I really appreciate you. Again, holiday weekend. So awesome to have you. Good luck in week 16 and the rest of the way, Rick. You were uh, fantastic tonight. Thanks, guys. And my daughter plays soccer for UWO. So, oh, uh, I used to cover that team. That's a it's a good program there. They got a really yep. good program. Absolutely. Yeah, she's got one year left next year, and that's how I spend my falls is driving the soccer games and fantasy football. So I, I remember <laughs> I, I used to sit up in the uh, in Titan in in Titan Stadium in the press box up there covering. They don't have the men's program there anymore, but I covered the men's right. and women's team. And thank God they were both good. Because those are some lonely, cold nights up there, but they're always <laughs> tremendous soccer uh, for yep. them. That was awesome. Rick, Absolutely. thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks, you. guys. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Merry happy holidays. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you, my Rick. friend. And Merry a happy Christmas. new year to Rick Kaufman, the 21st place finisher in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season. He is loaded for Bear, literally. I forgot to bring that up, too. He, um, I think I mentioned it in, in, his, uh, in his bio. Uh, he grew up, obviously, in Wisconsin, Oshkosh. Uh, and he has lived in the Chicago area for almost three decades. Hates the Bears, Farrell. Absolutely hates them. It's good to know that you can take the Packers fan out of Wisconsin, but you can't take the Wisconsin out of the Packers fan. That's good for him. Love, love, love to hear that. Um, we are up against it here. Let's go rapid fire on these start sits here um, and try to help some people out. I feel like we need to pay off this Algier question. Let's do that first. And if we still got time, 
uh, we will get to the rest of them. But Hudson and John Terry, both former guests, all-stars uh, of this program, want to know. Um, they have a situation. I'm assuming this is a team they co-own in an FPC or main event or something. Tyler Algier, Jawan Johnson, Rashad White, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. He, now, he did not say um, how many he has to start uh, this week. So I, 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 I feel like we should just probably rank them and we'll rank them um, – like um uh like it's a football guys contest because i i think quite frankly i think that's what it is all right so you have algier here against uh baltimore you have donovan peoples jones who you just heard from rick kaufman he is avoiding receivers in that game peoples jones is at home uh against the saints juan johnson in that same game um on the road in cleveland and then the other one is rashad white who is going up against uh, – well, we just heard it from Rick when he was talking about Brady um, – at Arizona. Okay, so I like White better than I do Algier this week. Um, I, I, I think that's my number one guy on this list. Um, number- I like Algier better than I like White because he needs to support the rookie quarterback in the running game, and he'll get plenty of opportunities. Okay, all right. So, But Algier hasn't been catching passes, though. Yeah, well, if he runs for touchdowns, it won't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, all right. So there you go. So he likes Al. I like White. Uh, Farrell likes Algier. Where do the where does Juwan Johnson and and um, Donovan Peoples Jones factor in on this? Peoples Jones is pretty pretty late for me. I'd put Juwan Johnson ahead of him. Um, you know what? They've been playing football in Cleveland for a lot of years. If you forget that, ask John Anderson. They make games oh, yeah. with all types of. Uh, inclement weather and they will again and they will this weekend and i just don't think it's going to be the armageddon that says they cannot pass the ball now i've been burned on that before i started baker mayfield in one of those games and got five fantasy points but we heard our guests say tonight that he had to start people's jones he had no other choice and and so i think that's what you might be down to that's a player that uh uh, short passes in the flat catch and run with the ball i i trust him uh, probably a little bit more than Johnson on the road in the inclement weather. But those are all uh, good questions. Those are all very, very good questions. Is it difficult to make decisions amongst those players? But that's what you want. You want to have those uh, those players for that one or two spots that are all contributing ball players. You don't want to have Daryl Henderson on your roster, who's now a free agent. On yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Farrell, by the way, you might have been slighted that you were not asked the Christian Watson question from Hudson before, but he likes your answer here. Um, oh, so that's he's, good. He's giving that's you the good. props on that one. You so know, he, I have a feeling that if I were one of his students that he would like some of my answers and I would get what I got from most of my professors in college was a gentleman's C. <laughs> that should be one of my K- KFFSC team names next year. A gentleman, gentleman C. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah um, all right, we'll go right. No, there's no, there's no real, uh, there's no, there's no crime in a gentleman C. No, there's not. Absolutely. Um, you know, li- life is is pass fail. It's not yeah. A B C D or F. Um, Henry in Pittsburgh, Raheem Mostert against Balky's Packers, or roll out DeAndre Swift in Carolina. Merry Christmas, it's Henry in Pittsburgh, Farrell. I have seen this movie before when the Packers defense takes on Raheem Mostert. And let me tell you this, it does not end well for Green Bay. Give me Mostert over Swift this week. Mostert all day long. His name sounds like must start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad in Philadelphia, another uh, Packers question. Would you start Alan Lazard in Miami or last week's GOAT Jacoby Myers 
hosting the Bengals. I don't really think that New England is going to be in a position to control that game. Um, and so I think Myers is going to be targeted. It might be a slow first half, but I think he picks it up in the second half. Alan Lazard was – I mean, he was so important blocking in that last game. I think he had one catch, and Aaron Rodgers is praising him for his blocking. He's one of the best blocking receivers in the NFL. Packers win that game through Dylan and Jones. I don't trust Lazard. Give me Myers over Lazard this week. I'll take Myers too, but, you know, Myers has earned it. He's got the resume. Lazard has – how many years? Is this Lazard's third year with the team or so? Uh, I believe third. He was on the practice squad there. Yeah, um, you know, he's had time to learn, and he still cannot learn where to line up, even when he's in motion. When you're in motion, you know, you're kind of like the star of the show. Where you're going is what it's all about. And uh, I, I just I, I love the play where they, they had – they had Rogers in clear uh, audio where he said, "Are you going to keep going?" That was great. You're going to come all the way across. Yeah, you're going to come. Awesome. All, yeah, you know, just, just, just come on. You know, I was up. I was watching that on on ESPN on Monday night. I'm like, I must have not heard that correctly. And then Joe Buck said, oh, "I loved Rogers on that. You're going to come all the way across. That was tremendous yeah. stuff." Yes, come on. Um, yeah. All right, so we're both saying Myers there, Brian in Irvine, California. What's up, gentlemen? I only have room. For one of these guys in my football guys lineup this week, Greg Dulcich at the Rams on Christmas Day, or Cole Komet taking on the Bills defense in Chicago. Happy holidays. That's Brian in Irvine, Cal, uh, California. I, I think, you know, one of the things that uh, Dulcich has been, I wouldn't say feasting on, but I think part of the reason he's been so successful is because Cortland Sutton hasn't been out there. Cortland Sutton's back this week. I lean towards Komet in a game that Fields is going to want to run and the Bears are going to want to run. I think they're going to have to pass uh, in this game, and I think Komet um, is the beneficiary of that. I like Komet better than Dulcich this week. You're never going to win anything in any fantasy football league being employed with Cole Komet. Where is this game, Balky? That is in uh, Chicago. Rams in Denver. Yeah. Uh, no, Rams is in Los Angeles. Rams is in Los Angeles. Yeah. Where did Dulcich go to school? Uh, he went to UCLA, I believe. Yeah, it's a homecoming for Dulcich. We're going to make it happen, baby. It <laughs> is going to be a beautiful thing. This is we're going to tear the roof off of fantasy football points in the FFPC. The Dulcich is my sleeper of the week. Get him in your lineup. Don't get the Bears mixed up. It is not Cole Komet the Bear that Farrell's saying to start. It is the Bruin, Greg Dulcich. <laughs> you want to start? This I like week. what you did there, Mo. Thank you so much, Mike in Arlington, Texas, is our final email uh, on this holiday weekend. Dear Balky and Farrell, what's your take on starting Tua Tunga Bailoa at home against the Packers on Sunday over Kirk Cousins, also at home? versus the New York Giants. Now, this is Mike and Arlington asking this, but I feel like we just touched on this with Trevor Holt. To me, it's close between Tungavailoa and Cousins. Um, I And this is, I'm not a self-loathing Packers fan, but I don't trust this defense at all. I think Miami puts up a lot of points. I think Mostert has a big day. I think Tyreek Hill has a big day. I think Tua Tungavailoa has a big day. I'm going to play Tungavailoa over Cousins. If you think long, you think wrong, pick one of them and stick with it. This is one of the, you've got one of the best quarterback opportunities for this week. Just don't worry about it. Pick the guy that you like, that you believe in. Go Ball with God, go with your gut. That, yes, that's the this, best is, possible a, advice. this is the best gut. When you, when you put yourself by drafting into this situation, that's all you got to do is just go with your gut. There's not a wrong answer there. One's right. going to score more than the other, but neither's the wrong answer. Um, we, uh, we always say, you know, we offer all, all the best advice we possibly can give you, but remember we didn't draft your team. We didn't manage your team. Um, you do, it's your team. If you don't like our advice and you want to go the other way, go the other way. Okay. Um, we're just giving you our, no, they, they should do what we tell them. Uh, do it. Okay. Well, that, there you go. So I'm saying I, I'm being the whole, 
liberal. Yeah, do whatever, man. It's all good. And Pharaoh's like, they're, no, they're coming they're here for advice. Us. They're they're not. They don't. They don't want us to soft sell it. <laughs> all right, we won't soft sell it. Um, I want to thank Listen you, Farrell, because you are playing hurt tonight. Clearly, Ooh. um, uh, isn't I, that I, obvious? No, it what, what when you said the when you're mixing the bourbon and the you're making your own purple drink. I've tried everything. I've tried everything I possibly could. Uh, no, you sounded great. You did a great job tonight. I want you. My my Christmas wish is for you to get some rest as much as you can. I know you rarely sleep and, and rest anyway, but do what you can and and make sure it is a merry Christmas in Louisville for you and your family. Uh, certainly appreciate you hopping aboard tonight. Same to you, Balky. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Farrell. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Uh, love that guy. Always love talking football with him. And I want to thank uh, him and, and Rick Kaufman, our guest. Maybe I'll just pop out, you know, if the roads weren't so bad, maybe I'd pop down to a Kaufman family Christmas in Oshkosh. Like I said, 20, 25-minute drive down Highway 41, and I could be there hanging out with them, talking a little bit more ball tonight. I don't know if I'm going to do that because the roads are so bad up here. Uh, we got a winter storm warning going um, until tomorrow at 6 a.m., so I'll just probably tuck in tonight and uh, let the Kaufmans enjoy their Christmas. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We are live next Friday at 10, 9 Central for our big uh, – it's our last show of 2022. And, by the way, I think I buried the lead on this, guys. I cannot believe I forgot. Tonight was the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hours 6 hundredth episode. I, I, I should have made more of a big deal out of this, but I totally forgot. But 600 episodes, you just watched the 600th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Tremendous stuff. The support from the FFPC players has been tremendous, and it's been awesome doing this show um, for whatever it's been. You know, this is a 12th year doing it now. So it was, uh, it's tremendous. And, and you guys keep it going. We certainly appreciate that. Um, in case you missed it, watch the road of his high stakes loadout with the FFPC main event, regular season, 16th place finisher, uh, Brian Jasiak. Uh, that is already live on the, uh, FFPC YouTube page, which you're on right now, probably, or you're watching this on Twitter or Facebook. Um, it will be on rotoviz.com slash podcast. If you prefer the audio only version that is going to be up there uh, tomorrow morning, uh, high stakes lowdown returns on Tuesday, FFPC main event championship round, second place team owner, uh, Norm Barons will be my guest on that. That's Tuesday night at 10, nine central, the high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network goes live Wednesday night at 10, nine central, uh, on the BSN app, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube with Rotoviz's Curtis Patrick. Uh, Curtis was supposed to be my guest this past week. Uh, he had to step out. So Zach Kruger from NBC Sports Edge and Rotoviz stepped in. Uh, we chopped it up for two hours on Wednesday night. In case you missed that, download the Better Sports Network app uh, for free in the App Store or Google Play, and then you can watch that a really fun episode. Zach was awesome. He's going to be back on that show. Curtis Patrick will be on this Wednesday. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge, no draft or salary cap. Play the classic version with 12 players. Play the uh, slim version with no defenses and kickers or 10 players. I remember only one player per NFL team. You can play for $200, $35, 100-team format, 30-team team format. And if you win that 10-team league, you into the 2023 FFPC main event for free. Uh, don't forget to win a $500,000 grand prize this uh, holiday season with the uh, FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge, $200 to enter that $500,000 grand prize um, payout down to, I think, a 1,000 teams in that. And then if you want to load up, uh, feel free, in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, $35 to enter that, and a winner is going to get $100,000. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Happy Hanukkah to everybody celebrating already. Merry Christmas for those of you who will be celebrating on Sunday. Uh, and uh, I hope everybody has a very uh, happy and safe 
holiday season here. We will be back next Friday. Your holiday weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Can't remember if I mentioned it on this program or not, ladies and gentlemen, but remember, you have the weekly challenge for the FFPC lineups locked at 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow because we have 11 games going on on Saturday. Since the majority of the games are on Saturday this week, um, the lineups will lock Saturday, tomorrow at 1 p.m. That also means get your season-long lineups in as well. Don't be missing out on that. I know it's a busy time for everybody with Christmas Eve and Christmas, but you work very hard on this team all summer, all fall long. Don't miss uh, miss out on some fantasy greatness now. Get those lineups in. If you're watching this right now, get those lineups in now or get them in early tomorrow morning so you can spend the rest of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with your family. Hopefully the ball bounces your way in the championship round, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk with you next Friday. <laughs>